0: Okay, welcome in everyone to Football Friday, presented by Football Addicts Anonymous. As always, I'm your host, Rusty Miller. Um, just going to be by myself for now, uh, <clears throat> until my my brother Nick Russo comes on a little bit later when he gets back from the store. Uh, Chris and Mark are indisposed at the time, so we're going to go through this thing pretty quickly, a lot quicker, quicker than uh, we usually get done, so... Um, that's a good good thing to do on a Friday anyways. But uh, we had a bunch of good games this week. Monday night football was not so great for the team I'm wearing, the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, the two games last night, college NFL, were pretty good and competitive down to the wire. Both ending on field goals, one missed, one made. But a whole slate of NFL and college to get through this weekend should be a real good one. So, uh, last night's the college game that went on this week, Virginia getting the win, 30-28 to over Miami in Miami um, at Coral Gables. Brennan Armstrong, once again, you know, so-so it, he does enough. I think he does enough to get the, the job done. It's it's not usually ever pretty. Uh, D.R. King didn't play in this game. Tyler Van Dyke started, played relatively well, didn't turn the ball over, and gave them a chance to win at the end. And uh, it proved that you cannot always rely on kickers to win you a game because they'll doink it <laughs> like the Miami kicker did off of the left upright Intrig- I was intrigued though by the non-decision of Virginia's head coach Bronco Mendenhall to not call the timeout that he had left and he just let him kick it and didn't ice him and that it made a difference he, he missed it, it was the first try he didn't get a second chance to kind of Compose himself and think about. Well, am I gonna miss or or what? And it worked. Uh, they got the win, and they are now one and zero in ACC play. Uh, Miami one and two, so not the kind of season they were hoping they would have in uh, as the Eric King returned this year. But uh, Virginia covered plus three and a half under sixty four. Um, yeah, Cameron Harris, great game by him, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. And then um, Charleston Rambo continues to have production for Miami, even in uh, a couple back-to-back losses here, five receptions, 99 yards. And defensively, I am going to go with Mandy Alonzo for Virginia, five tackles, four solos, two sacks, and three tackles for loss. Yes, Monday Night Football was a downer. I... I had a teaser play, teaser parlay, um, eight-team teaser parlay. It was came down to the Eagles plus nine and a half. I thought, you know, it's a rivalry. They'll keep it close. Um, they usually play better in Dallas against the Cowboys anyways. Did not turn out to be the case. The Cowboys did what they wanted on offense. Um Running the ball specifically for the majority of the night, Uh, they just opened holes all over. Zeke Elliott looked like his old self. 17 carries, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. Dak, very efficient. uh, Did have the strip sack that uh, Fletcher Cox recovered in the end zone for the Eagles' opening score. But, uh, yeah, three touchdowns for Dak. Jalen Hurts looked terrible. He didn't get any help from the offensive play calling. I got to say that. I mean... That was one of the biggest things coming out of that game was, you know, Hurts missed some open throws and there was no pre-snap motions and they barely ran the ball after they got down. So, yeah, I I don't know. I still don't know what to think about Jalen Hurts through three games. It's you know, they played a bad team week one. They looked really good. Played two good teams, playoff caliber teams, two weeks in a row. They looked so-so. But, um, the tight ends had good nights for the Eagles. Uh, as well as the Cowboys, Dalton Schultz, leading the game in yards. Um, 80 yards and two touchdowns there. But, uh... Yeah, uh, defensively, Anthony Harris, 14 tackles, but uh, I'm going to go with Trayvon Diggs. I mean, he shut down... He really shut down Devontae Smith all night, or if he wasn't on Devontae Smith, whoever he was on. Uh, Both of his tackles, solos, um, three pass selections, and the pick, six, 59 yards to the house. Um, That was on a slip by Devontae Smith, so him... Uh, Parsons had a great game. For the e, Osa Digizua also rushing the passer. Javon Hargrave was literally the heart and soul of the Eagles' defense. Though he was the reason why it was only forty-one. He made a bunch of plays um, in short-yardage situations, or in you know he got two sacks on deck. So he also was the one who stopped. Stop. I know people stopped. Dak at the one yard line on the QB sneak on fourth and goal. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that was quite the interesting play as well. Didn't end up mattering though. Cowboys cover minus three and a half and over 52. Thursday night football last night. What a game! Bengals go to three and one and keep the Jags winless in Cincinnati. So, Joe Burrow, great game, 348, two touchdowns off, 78% completion. Trevor Lawrence, this was his coming out, though. He really stepped up, had a solid game, not a bunch, you know, not 300 yards, 400 yards, and three touchdowns. He didn't throw a touchdown. He did run for a touchdown um, on a QB sneak. But, you know, really they relied on James Robinson in the ground game, 78 yards and two touchdowns. And they played it safe really for the majority of the game. Um the Bengals on the other hand, you know, they were struggling offensively early. Got down fourteen nothing, came back, got it with got it tied at fourteen, and then we went on from there. Jags twenty one, Bengals twenty one. And then the Bengals eventually got the got the winner. I unfortunately live bet was six minutes ago, uh over forty eight and a half. I thought it was 21-21, you know. Either they go to overtime, and someone scores a touchdown in overtime, you know, or we get two field goals, then someone else wins it on a field goal. That's nine points. That would get you up over. But yeah, I just I thought with the Jags at midfield, they would maybe at least get a field goal, and then the Bengals would have to go tie it, and then a field goal in overtime would win it or some kind of score. But it um, didn't end up happening. Bengals' great play call to CJ Uzamo on third down. Uh, to set up the game-winning field goal from Evan McPherson. But uh, Tyler Boyd was happy with him. I had him on my fantasy team last night, scored 20.8 points off 11 targets. Chenault had almost a 100-yard game with chart going down. And then Uzama, 5 catches, 95 yards, and 2 touchdowns for the tight end. Great game for him. I'm going to go with uh, Logan Wilson. He's been really good for the Bengals all year. Five, uh, ten tackles, four solos, one sack, and a tackle for loss. Uh, Jags cover plus seven and a half, under 46. So we'll go to NCAA news. There's one key thing that I took from NCAA news this week. And I got it on the D one ticker. I know Mark talks about that all the time. Our our favorite professor Dave Mui uh, told us about it in his collegiate athletics class, intercollegiate athletics class. And um, I get it every day or every couple of days. But um, one thing that they said on there, the National Labor Relations Board sent a memo to the NCAA field offices, stating that student athletes. Are employees under the National Labor Relations Act? So this is huge. They reference the Northwestern University football players uh, attempting to unionize, and with this ruling uh, or statement, that I, be- along with all the nil stuff that's going on, I believe that, like the Northwestern players try to do you know i think that it's going to be able to happen eventually soon within the next few years or so i really wouldn't be surprised Uh, now there's a lot of other court proceedings that have to go through um, in order to make that kind of thing happen but i would not be surprised whatsoever if it ends up happening Alrighty, NFL news here. I am wearing the jersey of the man. Number 25, Lashawn McCoy. Shady, an amazing career. He announced he is retiring, and he did that today. I was in class, unfortunately, didn't get to watch the um, press conference. But uh, he retired a Philadelphia Eagle today as an Eagle. Um, play a 2009 second-round draft pick for the Eagles. He played with Philadelphia, got traded to Buffalo in 2015, then went on to play with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, winning back-to-back Super Bowls, with one with each team. Um, So he is a two-time Super Bowl champ in his career during the 2010s, just that decade. 10,343 yards, that is the most of any player. 13,923 scrimmage yards, that's the most among running backs. 2,755 touches, the most among anyone. 85 touchdowns, the most for a running back. And... 2,341.3 2,341.3 fantasy points. That is the most for a running back. Um, so an amazing decade for him between the Eagles and Bills. Um, he was one of the couple of guys in my era of growing up in fo- with football, of watching it in the 2010s. You know, LaShawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson. Michael Vick. Um, Yeah, those three, I think, were really the big skill guys of the uh, 2010s for the Eagles that I can think of. So as an Eagle, though, he is the Eagles' all-time leading rusher, uh, ranks first in yards, rushing yards, uh, 6,792 rushing touchdowns. He is third with 44, 4.7. Um, average is third in franchise history uh, he also is a two time first team all pro and that season um, and he set franchise records I believe in 2013 1,607 rush yards and 17 rushing touchdowns So, great career LaShawn um, love that you're a uh, you're a hometown guy from the Berg Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Went to Pitt and uh, went across the state to play professionally. So very happy that uh, you decided to retire an Eagle. It's a great day today for him. So uh, next thing on the NFL news, the Super Bowl Fifty Six halftime show was announced. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty Six, of course, being taken uh, are taking place at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles this February, and the halftime show is absolute fire. Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige. Um, I mean, what a lineup! That is ridiculous that they have gotten. All five of them to come and sing at the same time. Just going to be an amazing show. I I can already see it um, as I'm freezing up here in in Wisconsin in February. So. All right, uh, the Colts, they are attempting to trade running back Marlon Mack. They made him inactive last week. Um, that was w- biggest reason why he is fully healthy from his Achilles injury last year and um, wants to be more involved in an offense. And, you know, there are some teams that need running backs. You know, San Francisco is is still trying to get their guys back, Elijah Mitchell, and, you um, I'm blanking on the uh, other guy that. Well, Jaquan Hasty was hurt, or Demichael Hasty was hurt, but I, I think he's still good. Trey Sermon's has bang, banged up right now, but you know another team, the Rams. They are getting back Darrell Henderson this week, but um, always a possibility. You know, I wouldn't discount the Steelers. Uh, they they could use a veteran back. In, in that backfield. And maybe even the, the Patriots with James White's injury. So, who knows? But, um, yeah, Marlon Mack could be traded sometime before the trade deadline. Staying with the Colts, uh, Brett Hundley. He is the new backup to Carson Wentz. He has supplanted Jacob Eason as the backup. Uh, and even Sam Ellinger could become a factor at some point because uh, he did return to practice this week after he injured his leg um, in the preseason. All right, COVID list. The Seahawks, they placed tight end Gerald Everett on the list. He he is out this week. And the Texans, they placed linebacker Zach Cunningham and defensive lineman Ross Blacklock on the COVID list. They are out this week as well. One guy coming, uh, a couple of guys coming off the COVID list. First off, bucks activated wide receiver antonio brown off of it he will play this weekend Um, and then the ravens getting a lot of guys back from the list that they missed in detroit um, last weekend activating defensive lineman brandon williams and justin matabike and linebacker justin houston off of the COVID list great to get all them back for pivotal game against the broncos this week in denver Sticking with the Ravens, they activated wide receivers Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin from IR. Um, they didn't actually activate them from IR. They they just activated the 21-day practice window. Bateman, though, I believe should be able to go this weekend. Haven't heard a definitive answer on that yet, but um, we'll have to wait and see. <clears throat> Other guys getting their practice window uh, activated Steelers, uh, offensive tackle Zach Banner, and Seahawks, offensive lineman Cedric Abuhi. All right, uh, IR, the Eagles. They placed guard Isaac Sayomalu on IR with a season ending Liz Franck injury. Bucs did the same with uh, wide receiver Scotty Miller. He has a serious turf toe injury. Patriots, we already discussed um, James White's injury but he got placed on IR today with his hip injury. Probably going to miss the rest of the year. Or he will. He will miss the rest of the year. Titans rookie fourth round pick out of Pitt. Linebacker Rashad Weaver. He is out for the year. He had successful surgery on uh, his broken fibula this week. The Jets franchise-tagged safety Marcus May. He's going to be out three to four weeks um, with an ankle injury. So uh, Ashton Davis must step up once again in the back end for the Jets. And um, luckily they don't have to cover A.J. Brown or um, Julio Jones this week, which we'll talk about. In a sec, but terrible news last night. Jags wide receiver DJ Chark, he suffered a fractured ankle um, out indefinitely, most likely for the season. Uh, very detrimental to my fantasy team. I know I started him last night, even though I had the conversation with one of my other friends. I was like, well, I'm not sure who to start uh, either DJ Chark or Sammy Watkins. And yeah, I, yeah. Decided to start Shark against the Bengals and uh, got hurt on, like, the first drive. So, that was great to see. Packers. Uh, linebacker Darius Smith. He's going to be out an extended period of time. Uh, he is hoping it's not season-ending. He just had back surgery this week. So, hope to see him back later in the year or in the playoffs. X-rays on Buck's tight end, Rob Gronkowski. They were negative. When uh, he got them after the game, but uh, he's he's trying to play this weekend. He is listed officially as doubtful on the injury report. Going to New England for the revenge game of Tom Brady and Gronk as well, since they both were there. As I kind of foreshadowed earlier, the Titans they're going to be without wide receivers A.J. Brown and Julio Jones this week. Uh, Brown dealing with a hamstring injury. Jones dealing with a leg injury. So yeah, none, neither of the big two receivers for Ryan Tannehill. Colts, uh, they ruled out guard Quentin Nelson, offensive lineman Braden Smith, defensive lineman Quiddy Pay, corner Rock Yassine, and safety Kari Willis. Uh, major major implications for that. Obviously, Quentin Nelson, one of the best, uh, if not the best, interior offensive lineman in the league. You know, and then Quiddy Pay, you and uh, Willis for the defense, all pretty major contributors, especially Quiddy Pay. The Giants they rolled out wide receiver Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. You're gonna have to lean on Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony more, even Colin Johnson. The Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdes-Scantling he is out with a hamstring. Corner Kevin King is out with a concussion, uh, or Kevin King with a concussion and offensive lineman Elkton Jenkins with his ankle injury. Both of them are doubtful. But MVS is out. Also out running back uh, Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey with his hamstring injury. The Uh, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson he was dealing with a back injury this week uh, but looks good to be uh, good to go so he he will play Uh, the Eagles they're going to be without left tackle Jordan Mailata again Uh, but they do get back safety Rodney McLeod after he missed the first three games coming back from his um, ACL and torn ACL from last season Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson and uh, linebacker T.J. Watt both are trending towards playing. Uh, They were practicing fully this week, so good to see them back. And uh, wide receiver Chase Claypool, he is questionable. Washington football team, wide receiver Curtis Samuel, he will be active this week uh, coming off of IR. IR. Um, to start the season. So, his debut with his new team in Washington. The Vikings, running back Dalvin Cook, he is questionable, but he looks like he will play this week. Um, Big one between them and the Cleveland Browns. Bears... uh, Quarterback Andy Dalton, he is questionable. Head coach Matt Nagy said the starting quarterback for this week is a game-time decision, um, whether that be Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. Justin Fields not on the injury report going into the game. I already said it, but the Rams are getting back, running back Daryl Henderson Jr. this week after he sat out last week with a rib cartilage injury. The Seahawks, they promoted defensive tackle Robert Camdici, uh to the active 53. So great to see the former first-round pick of the Cardinals get, a, get another opportunity to actually play instead of just the practice squad. All right, uh, some releases. The Lions uh, talked about them trying to trade a linebacker, Jamie Collins. Well, they released him. Um, he is making a fully guaranteed $8.8 million from the Lions, so he can really choose wherever he wants to go, make the minimum, and uh, go chase a ring, essentially. Texans, they waived kicker Joey Sly. And the biggest free agent signing of the... that I can think of during the season so far, the Bucks They signed corner Richard Sherman uh, to a one-year, two-and-two... Two and a quarter million dollar deal, and he will play this week. He's going to be active in his Bucks debut against the New England Patriots. <clears throat> the Cardinals they they got their cor- uh, their corner as well. They signed former Washington Football Team corner Quentin Dunbar, also fr- formerly of the Seahawks. Um, yeah, really great value for them. Uh, trying to replace Patrick Peterson as he went to Minnesota, so and get a running mate with uh, Byron Murphy Jr. on the outside. The Titans, they signed 2018 Raiders fifth-round pick punter Johnny Townsend this week. And then, intriguing story, the Giants, they signed offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson to their practice squad, former first-round pick, uh, 2020 first-round pick of the Tennessee Titans, uh, got traded to the Miami Dolphins. Subsequently released, worked out with the Colts, worked out with the Giants, and now the Giants signed it to their practice squad. For a team that needs offensive line help, all the offensive line help it can get, um, really low-risk, high-reward signing for New York. All right, that is all the news I have for the NCAA and NFL. Let's get to college football pick standings. So, I am still on top. Chris got a game on me. He he did get a game on me last week, um, but it it was okay. It all of my lone wolves ended up working out somewhat, uh, one way or the other. So, um, yeah, it, it was okay. The games that uh, we differed on last week. Notre Dame Wisconsin I-Lone Wolf the Badgers LSU Mississippi State I-Lone Wolfed the Bulldogs Boston College Missouri Chris Lone Wolfed the winning Golden Eagles um, SMU TCU I-Lone Wolfed the Mustangs Texas A&M Arkansas um, I believe I-Lone Wolfed Arkansas the Razorbacks as well Kansas State Oklahoma State I-Lone Wolfed Kansas State um or no, Chris Lone Wolf to Oklahoma State. And then uh, Kentucky, South Carolina. Chris Lone Wolf the Gamecocks. So, let's get into this week's slate here. Number five, Iowa. Tonight at Maryland. Chris is Lone Wolfing the Hawkeyes. Mark told me he was rolling with me. And the reason I am rolling with the fighting Dave Muis, as we've be as we have told you we call them because of our favorite professor, Mr. Muai. Dave Mui. Um, one, is I, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Talia Tagavaloa is playing excellent football right now. The Maryland defense is flying around. And two it is a Friday night game. It is not a Saturday game, and it is at College Park. Now, people say College Park isn't that threatening to go to. But a night game at Maryland, it's pretty far distance to go from uh, from Ames to Maryland. So, yeah, I I like the turfs if they can keep it close. That's why you know, Iowa's only a 3-point favorite. I I get why people would pick them. Their defense is stellar. I I know it'll backfire on me if I say it, but I'm still not sold on Spencer Petrus. The offense in, at times for Iowa has been so-so, and I think they really relied on their defense heavily. So, If Talia and the Dante Demas and the like, all the other offensive playmakers they have, if they can break the the Iowa defense, I I think they can have a chance. They can play defense well themselves, so let's go Terps, and uh, let's go get this win tonight, so. Over-under is 48 in this game. I'm going to go under. A lot of defense being played in this one. 8 o'clock, FS1. Alright, the second game we are picking tonight, number 13, BYU at Utah State. Now, that is a very difficult place to play at Utah State. We have seen it. We all picked incorrectly when FCS North Dakota rolled into um, Maverick Stadium in Logan, Utah, and got beat up. But this is different. This is a ranked team, top 15 team. And also, I am really liking what BYU has done. Um This is a rivalry game for the wagon wheel, the old wagon wheel, um, (laughs) between the two. So that plays a factor, but, you know, I I believe in Jaron Hall. We'll have to see if he plays or not. I know Baylor Romney played the entire game against um, USF last week, but... I think that they still have enough, even if it is Baylor-Romney. I think uh, they can get it done in Logan, Utah. Win the wagon wheel, the old wagon wheel. And um, Tyler Algier, BYU defense. It should be an excellent game, I will say that. Um, Should be an excellent game. Over-under is 65. Big number. I'm gonna go under. Like I said, BYU's defense. I, I'm really, I, I really like how they are playing right now. 9 p.m. CBS Sportsnet. There is one other game that we're not picking tonight. Um, it is Houston, who is three and one at one and three. Tulsa. Tulsa is actually favored by three and a half points. Um, this one is at 7:30 on ESPN. Over under is 54 in that one. Tomorrow's games, let's start out number 8, Arkansas at number 2, Georgia College Game Days game that they will be at. Um, we're all on the dogs. I don't like that, but um, you know, it is it is what it is, and uh, I know Mark says the dogs don't play particularly well in uh, day games, which I have been there for a an upset, but um, couple of seasons ago when South Carolina came in and Rodrigo Blankenship missed a field goal in double overtime uh, to tie it. (laughs) But this is a top 10 matchup. It's so dumb that it's at during the day. Really dumb. But it is what it is. And um, I think the Georgia defense will, will give the Arkansas offense problems. That's the reason. Arkansas has a, has a pretty good defense as well, but I think that's what it comes down to. I think the offensive play of Georgia will be better than Arkansas, and Georgia will have an easier time moving the ball against Arkansas's defense than Arkansas's offense will against the dog defense. So that is my reasoning for picking the dogs, not just because I'm a homer. But uh, it sucks. I'll be watching it at 11 a.m. here, um, which is great. Over-under is 50. I feel like it's usually safe to to bet unders in Georgia games, uh, especially not last week. Last week was you should have bet the over last week because it was against Vanderbilt. Uh, But this one, though, I am going under. It's going to be a tough game. And it's going to be a Slugfest. So, not quite week one Clemson Slugfest, but yeah. 12 p.m. ESPN. Big Ten matchup, 14, number 14, Michigan at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, the batters getting two here. Undefeated Michigan. Mark's rolling with me. Chris, that means Chris is now lone wolfing Michigan. And I understand why. I'm just saying they're coming to Madison. They're not playing in the big house. If it was in the big house, I Michigan, easy. But the way that Michigan played against Rutgers last weekend, I think Wisconsin's defense is better than Rutgers. Now you can say, well, Notre Dame rolled them, but that wasn't the Wisconsin defense's fault. That was Graham Mertz sucking. And I hope... I hope... That uh, Paul Christ switches the quarterback. I don't know who they have behind him, but Graham Mertz not getting it done. They need a, a switch at that position, anyways. And uh, yeah, hopefully they do, because I think if they can rely on their running game, John Malusi and and Co. They should be able to win the game based on their defense. So. Mm-hmm. If not, it'll be weird having a one and three Wisconsin team, um, and then you're going to be like, "Well, who is winning the Big Ten West?" I cannot answer that. Over under is forty four. Again, it's a good defense, so under. Why not? 12 p.m. on Fox, big noon kickoff. Texas battle here, Texas at TCU. We are all on the horns. Uh, All right, all right, all right. But uh, fighting Matthew McConaughey's, we'll get it done at TCU. They've struggled there in recent years with Sam Ellinger at quarterback. It's different. Casey Thompson has been a revelation at the quarterback position once they switched from uh, Hudson Card to him. He has really opened it up for Bijan Robinson and uh, the rest of the offense, so I like that. Max Duggan will play. He always plays well against Texas, so it'll be close. I don't think necessarily that Texas covers, so maybe a field goal game, but uh, one of the best rivalries out there, so. Over under is big one 65. We're going to go over. Uh, possibly. It's going to be in the 30s, I think, for both teams. It's just, is it the high 30s, mid 30s? Maybe. 12 p.m., ABC. ACC matchup, Louisville. At number 24, Wake Forest, I was surprised no one went and took Malik Cunningham and the Cardinals. But the Demon Deacons have been playing so well. Uh, Their win last week against Virginia, I think, was really a big talking point, especially when you're talking about early season. Who can go win the ACC with Clemson and North Carolina, both having two losses? Miami now has three losses. Those were the three in the in the preseason that we were like, all right, yeah, one of the, you know Clemson's gonna win it, and then you know it's gonna be either North Carolina or Miami right there as number two. But that's not that that's not what it is in 2021 right now. It's Wake Forest undefeated. It's Louisville at three and one. It's Boston College undefeated. You know, there's a lot of teams that haven't won a conference championship in a while or maybe ever at all when since they've been yeah. in the conference and. Yeah, it's a great shot, and this is a pivotal game to to get toward winning that. So, you know, Louisville's coming off an 8-point win over Florida State. I think we've seen Florida State be feisty in a bunch of games, but uh, I think their biggest win really was against UCF, got blown out by Ole Miss Week 1. The offense that Wake Forest is bringing with Sam Hartman and uh, Cameron Beale, Christian Beale-Smith, And A.T. Perry, everyone else as well. I think it's going to be too much for the Louisville defense. That's what I'm going with. Over-under is 62. Big numbers. Should go over. A lot of scoring should occur. 12 p.m. ESPN. Tres. Another top 10 matchup, number 7, Cincinnati at number 9, Notre Dame. Chris is lone wolf in the Irish. Uh, I understand it's in South Bend. And this is the second straight week that I'm against Notre Dame. But I believe in Desmond Ritter so much. And the job that Luke Fickle has been doing at Cincinnati, that this will be their statement win that they've wanted. This is what they wanted. They needed They needed a game like this. And if they can go get it done in South Bend, mind you, it will wholeheartedly create a scheme where... Cincinnati is already going to the Big 12 and when, whenever that happens. With a win right here, they could be like, all right, boys, get ready. This is the kind of team you're going to have to play. You wanted us. So uh, get ready for a dogfight because Luke Fickle is, is building something in Cincinnati now. They're going to have to find out the next quarterback in the next couple of seasons or this this coming season in 2022 but their defense they have foundations there so even with marcus freeman now playing now uh coordinating the the irish defense so over under 51 i'm going over regardless of whether the defenses are playing well the offenses in this one should be relatively good Um, especially Cincinnati's. Desmond Ritter Jerome Ford, two thirty, NBC. UL Monroe at number sixteen. Coastal Carolina on the teal turf, uh, yeah, the the shots are gonna win this. I'm surprised UL Monroe even has two wins. Um, whoever bet over one and a half wins for for UL Monroe, good for you. But uh, their two wins are against Troy and a five point twelve to seven victory against Jacksonville State or Jackson State, not Jacksonville State, Jackson State. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, mean, I thought Troy was better than that. I guess it was an upset, so. But, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what record Yael Monroe has. They could be 10-0 coming into this one, and it wouldn't matter because Coastal Carolina, regardless of their struggles at Buffalo two weeks ago, they railed UMass last week like they should have. They are scoring an astronomical uh Forty-five and a half points per game, five hundred twenty yards per game, three hundred two uh, or two hundred fifty-three on the ground. So, yeah, Sean's easy win in this one, and get ready for uh, to go to Arkansas State next week. Over under is fifty-eight. I'm going under. I don't think Yu Monroe will score enough to help. 230, ESPN Plus. What a showdown in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Arch Manning will be in town. Number 12, Ole Miss, undefeated 3-0. At number one, Alabama, 4-0. Now, Ole Miss has played some people. They... I already said about their their opening win, um, blowing out Louisville. They destroyed Austin P. And then the team that gave Oklahoma troubles in week one to Lane, Ole Miss beat them by 40. 61 to 21 win in that one. And Matt Corral has given Alabama problems before. So I would not. Put it past Ole Miss to beat them. But I think the key factor for me, it is in Tuscaloosa, not very many teams, if any, can go in there and beat the Tide at home. That's why I have Alabama winning, because I just don't think... That Ole Miss is good enough, especially defensively, to go in there and beat Alabama. Over-under is ridiculous. It is 80. Yes, 8-0 eight, is the over-under. And the craziest thing about it is that I don't think that... I, I think that it could get over... I think that's realistic. There should be a, a massive amount of points in this game. Ole Miss and Alabama have both shown they can score. I think Alabama's defense is better, so maybe that's the, the thing that wins it wins the game for it. I don't think they cover. You know. Ole Miss should I thought Alabama was gonna cover fourteen and a half against Florida, but I think Florida's worse than Ole Miss is. So Yeah. Key Heisman Trophy battle here as well. Matt Corral and uh, Bryce Young. So. 3:30 CBS. SEC on CBS. Number three Oregon. The Ducks heading to Stanford. They are an eight-point favorite there. Um, And, yeah, it's an easy one. The Ducks, UCLA, Stanford gave UCLA some problems um, at Stanford last weekend. But the Ducks have been rolling. Still kind of high off of their Ohio State win at the horseshoe. So I don't see them having a problem. Now, do they cover eight? I think so. I think they can win by at least ten. so over under is 58 and we're gonna go over 330 ABC All right, Big 12 matchup number six, Oklahoma at Kansas State. And, yes, I am lone-wolfing the Wildcats for the second straight week. Um, or, or, not lone-wolfing the Wildcats, but I'm on Kansas State the second straight week. I was on them against Oklahoma State. That was um, at Oklahoma State. But this one's in Manhattan. And... While it's not a night game in Manhattan, they do show on ESPN's AccuWeather that there are going to be some storms. So maybe that makes it a sloppy game, and I think that favors Kansas State. It, again, Manhattan is a tough place to play. And I don't know, I don't know why. I just have a hunch that people are picking Oklahoma, Oklahoma because they're Oklahoma, but look what they've done this season. I mean, Barely beating Tulane, then they annihilate Western Carolina. That doesn't matter. <clears throat> they beat Nebraska by seven at home. Again at home, they beat West Virginia by three. Now they have to go on their first road game. They de- they didn't play a they didn't play a road game um, <clears throat> in the month of September because the Tulane game uh, with Hurricane Ida got moved to Norman, so. I don't think anyone's giving Kansas State a shot to win this game. I like Will Howard. Um, Love Deuce Vaughn. And I'm hoping the Cats get it. Um, It would be quite the sight to see them beat Oklahoma. So. And Spencer Rattler's not playing that great. So. All right. Uh, over under is fifty three, and I think if Kansas State's gonna have a shot, they gotta keep it under that. So three thirty on Fox. Big Ten number eleven Ohio State at Rutgers in Jersey. Now, I said that the Michigan game was in Rutgers was at was in Jersey. I think Rutgers would have won that game. They only lost by seven. This one is in Jersey. I think it's going to be a raucous crowd. It's not a night game, but it will go into the night. Um, And I couldn't bring myself to to pick the Scarlet Knights. I think they will have a shot. But the way that CJ McCord... um, Or not CJ McCord, Kyle McCord... played last weekend I think is the difference for me. Granted it was against Akron but I, I do think they're going to stick with McCord in this one. Noah Vedral and Isaiah Pacheco uh, are really what's going to keep Ruckers in it along with their defense, their stellar defense but I think Kyle McCord is the biggest factor for me and um, He's why the Buckeyes win in Jersey. Over-under is 58. I'm going to go under. I think Rutgers defense is good enough to to keep it under. 330, Big Ten Network. USF at SMU. Um, Yeah, the Mustangs should roll in this one. USF surprised a lot of people by only losing to BYU by 7. Or eight. But, um, yeah, I, I again, I love Tanner Mordecai, Ulysses Bentley. Those two on offense have been electric. Mordecai, I believe, is still leading the country in passing touchdowns with 20 through four games. The man's averaging five, five touchdowns per game, which is just ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, he had seven in week one. And then followed that up with four and four and four. (laughs) So three straight games with four touchdowns after his opening seven touchdown performance week one. So, yeah, let's roll Mustangs. Over-under for this one is 69, big one. I think it goes over. Uh, SMU can score a lot of points, and they should cover the spread. And I think USF can score a couple, maybe. 4 p.m. ESPNU. Army looking to go to 5-0 at Ball State. They should roll them. Ball State is probably... Um, well, let's just check here. Ball State is definitely not the best MAC team that you'll find. The MAC overall isn't doing very well. Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, the only teams that have uh, one loss. All the other teams have two or more. But uh, yeah, I th- I've always held Ball State pretty highly as a MAC team. It's only a ten point spread for Army. I think they'll cover that though. I don't think Ball will be able to. Hold up against the triple option, the unstoppable force that is the Army triple option so far this season. So, Black Knights roll. Over under is forty eight. Let's let's go over. Yeah, I think so. Ball Ball State will be able to score a little bit. Drew and the offense should be able to score. You know, maybe two touchdowns in this one. 5 p.m. ESPN Plus. Number 10, Florida at Kentucky. Mark, Lone Wolf in the Wildcats at home. Will Levis and Co. Um, I agree. Their their defense in the running game with uh, Levis and Chris Rodriguez has been amazing. This is a different animal, though, and in, in the Gators coming to town, coming off uh, a trouncing of Tennessee. So, I think Emory Jones is playing his best football of his entire college career so far. Be- this year being his only his first year as a starter, but you know getting subbed in with when Kyle Trask was playing last year, and also he played the entire bowl game for Kyle Trask. So yeah, I think I think the Gators get it done, though. Even though it's at Kentucky, I just think. Emery Jones is playing very well. And um, that's really my only reason. <laughs> Over-under is 56. I'm going to go under. I don't think Kentucky scores that, that much. 6 p.m. ESPN. Louisiana Tech at number 23, NC State, the Wolfpack, 18.5-point favorites here. I don't think they'll cover that. Though, I, You know, Louisiana Tech, for all of their issues that they have, only lost to SMU by two. They beat North Texas by seven. Barely beat FCS Southeast Louisiana by three and barely lost to Mississippi State by one. So every single game that they played this week, this year, one score. It won't be that way in this one, but I'm just saying they have a proponent to play up to or down to their opponent. Um, So, yeah. Wolfpack win at Devin Leary and, and co. Coming off uh, Zonovan Knight. Coming off a miraculous victory in double overtime against Clemson. Great win for them. Should get another one here at home. Over-under is 55 going over. 6 p.m. ACC Network Extra and ESPN+. Plus. 0-4 UNLV at 4-0 UTSA. Roadrunners getting 21 points. And initially, you would think that, yeah, dude, they should blow the heck out of them. But UNLV just went to Provo. And, or not Provo. They went to Fresno State last Friday and only lost by one touchdown. That, or, or not t- not one touchdown. They lost by, uh, I think, 10 points. That was a wake up call, I think, to a lot of people. UNLV is not just a pushover, eight points they lost to. And so I think the, they, they should cover. It. This one's at the Alamo Dome. Love Sincere McCormick, Frank Harris, and co. on offense. Should get it done. I'm just not so sure about the 21. 6 p.m., over-under is 56. I'm going to go under, even though we saw against Fresno State, that game was a shootout, so finished with 68 points in that one. I'm going to go under, though. 6 p.m., ESPN+. Mississippi State at number 15, Texas A&M. We are all on the Aggies. I was I was thinking about it wholeheartedly about picking the dogs for a second straight week. I just couldn't. Not on the road. Um, A&M's defense played relatively well against Arkansas last week. But the issue that I have is, is with Zach. Zach Calzada, he is not playing up to par. I mean, it was his first start last week, going into a second start now. He's at home, though. Uh, the cadets will be there. So, I think the home crowd should help. And you never know what you're getting from Will Rogers for Mississippi State. So, let's go Aggies. I think Mississippi State might win it, but I'm going to go A&M on here. So Over under his 46, I was surprised it was that low. I know... Calzada's had... The a offense has had scoring issues, so that's maybe why. But um, other than that, I don't see why it would uh, go under. 7 p.m. SEC Network. Top 25 matchup, number 21, Baylor, at number 19, Oklahoma State. The Cowboys getting a 3.5 point spread here. Baylor is a... Interesting choice for Chris. Now they they just beat Iowa State by two. But that was at Baylor. Their other wins they hadn't played anyone. They only beat Texas State by nine, destroyed Texas Southern, destroyed Kansas. Oklahoma State, however, has played people. Now they only beat Missouri State by seven. But Missouri State's a good FCS team. Only beat Tulsa by 5. Tulsa's 1-3, and three, but favored against Houston tonight. They beat Boise State by 1 on the blue turf. And then they just beat Kansas State by 11 here um, in Stillwater. So, I think it's a night game at Stillwater. And uh, I still don't know who the heck the quarterback is for Jerry Bohannon for uh, Baylor, so I'm gonna go with Oklahoma State Spencer Sanders and uh, Mark's Mark's cousin Jalen Warren. <laughs> over under is 48. We're going over. It's a it's a freaking Big 12 match. Come on. 7 p.m. ESPN 2. Liberty at the Blazers. Um, UAB, Mark, rolling with the Blazers. He he picked them. He told me because they're opening up a new stadium. I had not heard of that. But, you know, okay, Mark, sure. Why not? Um Yeah, so we're we're going to roll with that. And I'm going with the flames just because Malik Willis. <laughs> that's why. That's that's why I pick you, uh Liberty every single time is because Malik Willis, I still have faith in him um, to get it done, and I think that he will be able to do that tomorrow night in Birmingham. Oh, The over-under for the UAB game, 49, even 7 touchdowns. I'm going to go under. Defense, defense, defense. 7 p.m. CBS Net. Indiana at number four, Penn State. This is a night game in Happy Valley. It is a revenge game for the Nittany Lions. Week one loss as the number 18 last season at Indiana. Put a big damper on their season. Led to the 0-5 start. Um... That had never happened in school history. So I think the Nittany Lions want to destroy Indiana. I think I think they roll big, and they don't stop. They will not stop scoring. Um, defense will play lights out, and uh, they'll get the win in this one. over is 54. I'm going to go over. I think it might be close, though. I I said they should roll them, but I, I am going to recant that statement and, and say 31-24 Penn State wins. 7-30, ABC. Western Kentucky at number 17, Michigan State. So we're all on the Sparty train, and this is sad. I... I I would love to pick Western Kentucky and my favorite quarterback in the country, uh, Bailey Zappi. But it's it's in East Lansing. <laughs> if it was if it was at Western Kentucky, I might have thought twice about it. But it's in East Lansing. Michigan State coming off a, a close one against Nebraska in overtime. I still hate you for doing that, Michigan State. But uh, Mel Tucker. But they, they have enough. They're going to beat Western Kentucky 10.5 points. I don't think so, actually, because of Bailey Zappi. Uh, they almost, you know, they came very close. Their two losses are, are by three points at Army and two points when they hosted Indiana last weekend. So they can play with uh, some of the bigger FBS programs, Army, Indiana, and LA and Michigan State. So... Don't be surprised. West Kentucky covers though. Over/under is big, sixty-six. I think that goes under Michigan State's defense too good. Seven thirty FS one. That all that's also a big factor. Right? Night game in East Lansing, let alone just regular game. ACC Boston College undefeated, heading to South Carolina to play number twenty-five Clemson. Uh, they remained in the rankings regardless of their loss despite their loss to unranked NC State last weekend uh, in double overtime, and they looked pitiful in that game. If this was in Boston, I would pick the Eagles, but I can't. It's in South Carolina, and I'm going to go with the Tigers. You know, I don't know why it's – again, it's because it's in Clemson. That's pretty much why. I don't have any faith in DJ U- Uyunglele, but um, the defense I do – but Boston College has been scoring, so we'll have to see what prevails. Over-under is 46. It's a low one. I think it does go under, you know. can uh, How many Cle- can Clemson even score? That's the biggest issue. 730 ACC Network. Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns at USA, South Alabama. Um, in Mobile, Alabama and yeah Louisiana is one of the better group of five teams their three wins, you know, Georgia Southern they railed Ohio, they beat Nickel State by three, gave Texas problems week one as a, as the number twenty three ranked team in the country, haven't been able to get back in the rankings since. But South Alabama, I mean, they destroyed Southern Miss, beat Bowling Green by three, and beat Alcorn State by seven. That was two weeks ago. So they haven't played in a while. So yeah, I think that helps Louisiana as well. They should they should beat them wholeheartedly in this one. Levi Lewis and company. Over under is fifty three. Um that's that's a tough one. Think I'm gonna go over I think USA can score, you know, maybe two eight PM ESPN plus. Number twenty-two Auburn at LSU. The Tigers getting a the LSU Tigers getting a three-point favorite here at home in Baton Rouge. Yeah, Chris is lone wolf in Auburn, and and I really don't know why. Um, I don't see a way that Auburn can win based off what we've seen from them. But the benching of Bo Nix against. Um, Georgia State last week was pitiful they have a good running back in Tank Bigsby and whether it's Bo Nix or uh, TJ Finley I just think LSU a better team Max Johnson is playing very well and they're 3-0 and since that week one loss to UCLA so Over/under is fifty-six, mm-hmm. and we're gonna go mm-hmm. under. Nine PM, ESPN. Late one in Baton Rouge. Pac-12 matchup, Pac-12 after dark. Arizona State at number twenty, UCLA in the Ro- in the Coliseum, um, or in the Rose Bowl. And yeah. UCLA should beat them. Arizona State, I don't know how they're 3-1. Really, I don't. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels, I, I don't think he's played all that well. Destroying Southern Utah, destroying UNLV, but then they get beat by 10 um, against BYU in Vegas. And then they, they roll Colorado, who has shown to be not very good this year. UCLA, on the other hand, you know, they destroyed Hawaii, destroyed LSU by 11. Lost to Fresno State, which I was happy about. And then they beat Stanford by 11 in their first road game of the year. So I think the Bruins, they're going to get back to their running game, Zach Charbonnet, Britton Brown, and limit the passes that DTR has to throw. I think that's how they win, and they they will win against Herm Edwards and the Sun Devils. Over-under is 56. Let's go over. Why not? 10:30 FS1. Number 18 Fresno State at Hawaii, a late, late, late game, uh, as they always are coming from Hawaii. But I have fallen in love with Jake Hayner, Ronnie Rivers, Jalen Cropper, and the rest of the Bulldog offense, and I love it. I I think they are something special. They have the tools to win the Mountain West, and it starts right here um, with their second conference game of the season. Over-under is 65. Wow. 65. I don't think so. I don't think Hawaii's going to score that many, so... As much as I love, as much as I love Chevin Cordero and Colt Turner. I just don't think they're going to score all that many. 11 p.m. CBS Sportsnet. FCS Game of the Week. It is the Battle of North Dakota, number 5 North Dakota State, the Bison. Undefeated, they are heading to number 10 North Dakota to play the Fighting Hawks, and it was a tough choice. This was probably the toughest FCS game that we've had to pick this year so far. Um, And as much as I love Tommy Schuster, as much as I love Otis Weah and Luke Skokna, and the UND defense, they're at home I understand that they they almost beat North Dakota State at home last year but the big but I think Quincy Patterson the the Virginia Tech transfer for North Dakota State is the difference he has turned the the program around this year going 3 and 0 you know they have destroyed everyone so far. They've only allowed thirteen total points, beating Albany, Valparaiso, and Towson. Um, North Dakota has been battle tested though. They had to go to to Logan, Utah, and play FBS Utah State. But other than that, they destroyed Utah or U- Idaho State and destroyed and shut out Drake last week, or two weeks ago. So. I think it'll be a very entertaining game. It should be close. And yeah, I had to go with the Bison. I I I just cannot. Um. Yeah, it was a thirty-four thirteen loss to North Dakota State in March this year. So. Got to go with the Bison. I think they are back to being North Dakota State. And um, massive, massive game here for both teams. That one is at 3 p.m. on ESPN+. NFL game picks here. So, uh, I mean, Mark is just continuing to, to destroy us, man. I mean, he picked up another game on both Chris and I. I am now four back. Chris is five back. It's ridiculous what Mark is doing to open the season here, Um, being 15 games or 16 games above 500. That's ridiculous, dude. So, uh, I am going to go with... uh, Yeah, and the the games. There's only two games that we differed on last weekend. I lone wolf the Giants. Chris lone wolf the Seahawks. Mark got both of those right, playing with Chris on the Falcons and with myself on the Vikings. So, anyways, kick off the one o'clock games here. Chiefs at the Eagles. Uh. Normally I would say Philadelphia being at the link is a difference, but not right now. The Chiefs are going to come in really mad. Um, First time they've ever lost in back-to-back games in the Patrick Mahomes era. And also Patrick Mahomes is now on a two-game losing streak in September where he previously had never lost before they lost to the Ravens in Baltimore two weeks ago. And he's on a interception streak as well, being intercepted in two straight games. So I think they come in pretty angry. Eagles defense didn't put up any fight really against Dallas. And I think Patrick Mahomes slings it around the yard. They cover seven, and uh, over-under is 55. Let's go over. I think the Eagles can get a little bit... Um, to help that hit hit over. So, all right, Panthers at the Cowboys. I think this is one of the best games of the weekend. Um, Chris is lone wolf in the Cowboys. I understand why from what they showed on Monday Night Football. Um, you know, but. I, I, I'm I, believing in Sam Darnold. Without Christian McCaffrey, it he has the burden now to, to pick the offense up. Chuba Hubbard gets a full entire week of starting. It's actually a week and a half of starting because they played on Thursday night last week. Um, so I think that will benefit Chuba Hubbard a lot. And I think the Panthers' defense is for real, y'all. I mean, they are shutting people down. And as, as great as the Dallas offense is and can be with all the pieces that they have, the Dallas offensive line, I think, is the weakest part that they have. And I think you will see that exposed by the, the pass rushers that Carolina has. Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, Morgan Fox, Derek Brown, and the like. Um... Shaq Thompson on blitzes even. so. Yeah, I think they had the players to stop them. And it'll come down to a one-score game. But I think Carolina can do it and go 4 No, Stay atop the NFC South. Over-under is 52. And I'm going under. I already said it. Panthers defense. Washington football team, one and a half point favorites in Atlanta against the Falcons. We're all on Washington. Curtis Samuel returns uh, to make his Washington debut. Grenade that's in Atlanta. So, uh, a team he's familiar with playing with, playing against uh, at, with his time for the Panthers. But yeah, I like Tyler Heineke. I don't think they're, they're going to have a good day on offense against the porous Falcons defense and uh, should be able to get the win here in Atlanta. Pretty much picking against Atlanta every week, except for last week when I picked... Or, I, I did pick against them. Um, yeah. So. Overrunner is 48... And uh, 48, I think, over, you know, Falcons defense is not that great. And we've seen the Washington defense struggle with a passing attack. So maybe Matt Ryan does that. I know Russo will love that because I just traded Calvin Ridley to him. So you're welcome. All right. This is ridiculous. I have never seen anything like this. The Bills are favored by 17 at home hosting the Houston Texans. Unsure. I haven't heard any update on whether it's Davis Mills. I believe it would be. Um, because Tyrod is, is still injured on IR with his hamstring for the next Two weeks or so so yeah I, I think it will be Davis Mills once again he played relatively well against the Panthers at home on Thursday night but this is a different animal this is high-octane Bills offense and yeah it it would be very difficult for anyone playing quarterback for the Texans that isn't named Sean Watson to beat the Buffalo Bills this is the first time they're playing since they met in the 2019 playoffs but, um, yeah. Josh Allen, I think, has found his groove. And uh, they should roll. Not saying that they're going to cover 17, because that is ridiculous spread. But I, I do think they roll. Over-under is 47. Let's go over. Lions at the Bears. Now, Chris Wolf and the Bears, good for him. Why not? Um, I'm going to roll with the guy that's been beating us, Chris, because not just because of that, but Jared Goff has surprised me. I will say I was wrong. Jared Goff is playing excellent football right now. Um, the fact of the matter is is it it's been against good teams, and their defense has been letting up so many points that They've been down for the majority of the time they've, they've been on the field so it's, it's tough. The first half against the Packers I think you saw what they could be on offense and then it just kind of went away in the second half for some reason. But I think against the Bears, now the Bears defense has shown that their preseason debacles were not true and that they are playing very good defense but I just think, not knowing who the starting quarterback is for Chicago, I think the Lions can get it done regardless of Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. Over-under for this one is 42. Really low. Uh, tied for the lowest of the weekend. But we're going to go under. <laughs> 0 3 Indianapolis Colts at the Dolphins. Yeah, I, I was on the Colts initially. I was I was with Chris. And that would have made Mark with us too. But I couldn't. First off, Jacoby Brissett's comeback last week in Vegas was one thing. Second, Miami defense. And third, the guys that I already listed in the NFL news that were out this week for the Colts: Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith on offense, and then defensively, Quitty Pay, um, Rocky Sine, and Kari Willis. Those three I think are big contributors, especially Pay on the defensive line. So with those guys out, I don't. I think Miami gets the win at home. So Over-under for this one is 43. And we're going to go over, actually. Browns at the Vikings. This is one of my favorite matchups of the weekend. Just like I said, the, uh, the Cowboys-Panthers one was. Really like this matchup here um, with the Texans or, or with the Browns-Vikings. So. We're all on Cleveland. Um, really love their running game. It's in Minnesota. they coming off a great win against Seattle, but I just think that they got that win over with, and now it's time to face a a playoff team that doesn't have many weaknesses in the Cleveland Browns and go with Cleveland. Over-under is 52, pretty high. Um, And we're going to go over, actually. Kirk Cousins has, has played very well. Giants at the Saints. G men seven point underdogs in the Superdome or in the Caesars Superdome, but uh, yeah, I bet the Giant. I picked the Giants last week and it didn't work out against a a crap Atlanta team. I'm I gotta go Saints in this one. I think defense too good to play against Daniel Jones and uh, Giants keep on Giantsing. Over-under is 42. Again, tied for the low over-under this week. Um, But I'm actually going to go over. The Saints, I think, might score 35. Titans at the Jets. We already talked about the A.J. Brown and Julio Jones not playing in this one, so it'll be uh, Nick Westbrook-Akine. And uh, Chester Rogers, I believe, will be the starters in this one. Des Fitzpatrick might also get some work. Rookie fourth round pick from Louisville. So why not? Uh, Jets hosting at MetLife. Uh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't do that um, against the Titans. That's that is not how we're gonna do it. I was surprised Chris didn't take him, but um, I would definitely not not taking the Jets ever this season pretty much Um, Derek Henry should have a field day over under is 45 we're gonna go under Jets Jets haven't shown they can score enough Cardinals at the Rams. What a matchup in the late window. I mean, this is probably the best matchup that we have this weekend. The only undefeated matchup. Um, So, yeah. Why not? Uh, We're all on the Rams. I was surprised Mark didn't go with the Cardinals. But it is in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. Not that that's too much of a trip for Arizona. But, yeah. I, I think it's the defense. The defense for the Rams will be the first team this season to actually shut down Kyler Murray. The Cardinals are scoring at a outrageous rate, and um, yeah, Rams should be able to get done here. Maybe not cover. I'm not sure about that four, but Rams money line. Over-under is 55, biggest one of the weekend, and uh, we're going over the... Seahawks, the other NFC West matchup here. Seahawks at um, the the Niners. And yeah, we're all on San Francisco. I think that we saw them play very well against the Packers. And that's pretty much my reasoning. I also don't think Seattle's offensive line is all that great. So, Nick Bosa, go go have a have a good day, dude. Over/unders fifty-two. I like the under. Super Bowl forty-five rematch. These two teams haven't played since then. The Steelers at the Packers. Two of the most storied franchises in. NFL history. And as much as I wanted to pick the Steelers to get revenge for the Super Bowl 45 loss, Mike Tomlin was the head coach. Ben Roethlisberger was the, the quarterback for that game. Not many guys, if any, other than Roethlisberger are on the team from that game in, in 2009. But, or, or yeah, nine season, but, um, or know that was the 2012, 2012 season, I believe. I don't know. Getting all my all my years mixed up. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. But anyways, I think Aaron Rodgers is is Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and that that's why he should win the game. Um, it's it's at Lambeau, so that was a big factor as well. I it's gonna be tight. And having T.J. Watt back is astronomical in the equation of whether the Packers will win or not um, or the Steelers will win or not. But I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. And um, over-under is 46. We're going to go over. I think the teams are going to have to score to win this game. (sighs) Last afternoon game on Sunday is a Pick'em game. Weird. I I was sure that they would have moved the line um, in favor of one or the other, but they kept it a pick'em game. And rightfully so, though. I, I think this will be one of the more even games of the weekend. Ravens at Broncos, Broncos at home. I was kind of surprised no one took them. I was thinking about it. But with the guys that the Ravens are getting back on defense, Justin Matabike, Justin Houston, and. um, Who was the other guy? Brandon Williams at nose tackle. Those guys, I think defensively, will be able to shut down the Ravens' offense, or the Broncos' offense. And uh, Lamar's going to have a tough time, too, though, against the Broncos' defense. I think this will be a very low scoring game. But I think the Ravens eke one out. Maybe with another Tucker field goal. over under is 45. Again, under. Low scoring. Low scoring. Defensive battle. Sunday night football, the return. The return of one number 12, Tom Brady. Seven times Super Bowl champ. Six of those with the New England Patriots. His first 20 seasons in New England. Coming home with a new ring on his finger. And he's bringing Gronk with him, as the commercials say. So, we're all on the Tampa Bay. I don't think they should have any issues. They already faced the most difficult defense to play in the league so far, anyways uh, the Rams last weekend. Patriots are similar, uh, they have a good defense as well. I don't think it'll matter. The Bucks' offense is too good. Even if Gronk doesn't play, they're just going to go to O.J. Howard or Cam Brate. So it's, it's not like they miss a step very much there. Over-under is 50. And I think we stay under. Just barely. Alrighty. That is all the picks. But we have best bets of the week. And again, I went one and two. I hit the Titans uh, covering against the Colts last week. I should have won the frickin' Raiders bet. That was... I already talked about how much bull that was. But, you know, we move on. We, We are going to keep going here. And... Yeah, we, we got to keep going. That's it. That's all you can ask for is just to keep moving on, right? So, yeah. I, I also lost the Ravens minus 8.5. Thought that was a good play last weekend. Apparently not. So, these are the three that I have this weekend. I have Washington minus 1.5 now. Uh, but I, I kept it at 1 because that's what I got it at. Uh, minus 1 at the Falcons. That's pretty much a money line bet. And... Uh, really like that. I think they should beat them. That's fine. Cleveland minus 2 at Minnesota. Played well against the Seahawks last week. Did the Vikings, but I think Cleveland's too much for them, and they should beat them by a field goal or more. And then Pittsburgh plus 6.5 at Green Bay. I, I wasn't sure what to put for the third spot here, and I just think that the defense... With TJ Watt being back, against if the the Packers are still playing their third string left tackle, I think that they should be able to do that um, and cover and cover and possibly even win. So let's see if uh, we can get closer to five hundred with a three and week here. All right, I still haven't changed that dang thing. I'm gonna go change that right now because it's irking me uh but locks of the week um yeah we all hit last week pretty great pretty good week um and i had the or mark and i were on the cardinals they beat the Jags in Jacksonville, and then Chris was on the Ravens. He had to sweat that one out in Detroit. So, Going for 4-1 and one this week are all of us, and we are all in the same boat together. So we either win or we lose together because we are all on the Buccaneers in New England on Sunday night. We're going to beat them. Uh, they're going to beat the Patriots, and uh, Brady's going to get his quote-unquote revenge um, as he comes home. Buccaneers, go get it done. Dog standings, oh my lord. If you want a legitimate dog bet every weekend, watch our freaking show. Because we have the dog bastard. The guys at college game day, when they're picking super dogs, granted that's college, and we pick NFL super dogs, but uh, Pay attention to what Mr. Mark Warren's doing. Because it's ridiculous. We've never seen this kind of run. Four weeks into the... Three weeks into the season. Uh, four weeks because we counted our uh, college picks as well for that first week. Amazing, man. Amazing. Chris and I, we're still latching on. We went 2-0 last week as well. Um, Chris Packers... One outright at the Niners. Uh, I had the Vikings winning outright at Seattle. And then uh, Mark had the Falcons winning outright at the Giants. So here we go. This week's dogs, Chris. Oh, Chris. Bud, you got you to gotta text me a, a different one because you got to pay attention to the news, dude. I, I don't know. With all those guys out for the Colts, I don't think that the they have a chance to beat the Dolphins. Um, so I don't I don't think Chris has a chance. So that would give me an upper hand on him. But I you know I'm going with Mark as well. So uh, we are both on the Lions in Chicago plus three. Mark's banking on his old quarterback to do it for him, Jared Goff. And I, I like Swift and Hawkinson. They should be able to get it done there. Hopefully, um, Lions can get their first win of the year in Chicago. All right, next Friday, we will have all of the game recaps from the couple games during the week. Uh, we will also have all, we will be previewing all of the college and college and NFL games. And the games we'll be recapping are uh, the Monday night matchup this week. Raiders at Charters at SoFi Stadium. And then Rams at Seahawks at Lumen Field um, for Thursday night football to kick off week five. That is the show for today. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. FAApodcast.com is our website. Check out all of our previous episodes there as well as here on YouTube. Uh, we also post on our Facebook page as well. Check us out on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcast if you choose to listen instead of watch. So thank you all for watching and we will see you on Monday